This is the Matt Townsend Show. Just bring the honesty and the integrity to the game. Your guide on the side. If we're not wholeheartedly in our relationship, then we probably are always looking for exit strategies. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm Leanna Tan, here to give you some of Matt's best tidbits to help you live healthier, happier lives. We are now on the third day of our Thanksgiving extravaganza, and we've reached the eve of the big day. So I've got a special holiday episode for you today. We've talked about the true meaning and purpose behind Thanksgiving, so now we're going to get into the nitty-gritty details. Let's face it. Tomorrow, you are probably either attending or hosting a big party, and you may have to sit by some relatives or friends that you haven't seen in a long time. So I'm going to play a couple of interviews for you today that will hopefully help you get through this holiday process. The first bit we're going to listen to is with Alisa Andrus, and she is going to give us some tips on how we can up our game for holiday hosting. Do you think everyone can host a party? Or do you think some people ought to just leave it to the pros? Yes and no. Maybe you know leave I mean? it to the pros. I yeah. don't. That's a good question. I think some people are naturally gifted at hosting and others have to work at it. Yeah. I'm not good at it. I don't feel like I necessarily am either. I really like people and yeah. I like that interaction, but I feel like I'm one of those people who has to work at it. Yeah. And that's okay. That's right. So it doesn't have to be natural. Uh, no, not at all. You I can think fake it. <laughs> sure, you can fake it. I think you just have to try. Does um, So part of what your specialty is, is how do you make a home feel like a home? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think the most important thing, you know, I don't think it matters if it's clean, if it smells good, anything like that. I think a home feels like a home when there is love. Yeah. Yeah, when, you, when, when you're safe. Absolutely. That's way cool. Because everyone's going to be going home and not everyone feels safe, right? Right. And we want to, I mean, if anything, if we can do anything for our families, it's provide that safe haven for them to come home to and provide an environment where they want to be. That's really my goal as a mom is to make my home a place where my children want to be. That's cool. And are happy. And so if we can get that down, everything else you're going to teach us is just additive. Just icing on the cake. Okay. Talk to me about this because this is one of the first uh, things we need to get to. Um, the smells, the scents. Yeah, there's something absolutely. about holiday smells. Aren't they wonderful? Okay, they, yeah. But if you're having guests come to stay with you, or if you're hosting a party, especially if guests are coming to stay with you, how great would it be if, like, you could arrange it so you had cookies baking in the oven? Oh wow, wouldn't that be amazing? Or yeah, see, but oh, that just takes so much. Planning. It sure does. But okay, so but you don't want to make cookies. No, but that, that no, that's sounds fine. great. If you don't want to do it, Matt, I've got an easier thing what? for you. You can just do some homemade stovetop potpourri, and it's really easy. You just like cut up an orange, stick some cranberries, some water, and some yeah. cinnamon sticks on the stove, boom, and you burn it all day, and your house smells amazing. And then they're going to walk in and be like, whoa. I want to be in this place. What's for dinner? <laughs> then they're going to want to eat. An orange. <laughs> An orange. A cinnamon stick. And a cinnamon stick. Do you want it? But the set also tells you something, too, because, I mean, it really, I mean, I have five boys. No. Oh, I and have three. One so daughter. you've got a smelly house. Yeah. And <laughs> and they all play basketball. Oh, you've got a really smelly house. Our football. House. So every sport, they walk in and they're like, you're like, whoa, really? How do you? You're so small. <laughs> How do you such emit such scent. an odor? Well, so I feel like my my oldest son stinks so bad when he comes home from football practice that yeah. I actually make him keep the football pads in the garage. So it's, it's yeah, not, we do so that. We're not smelling it. Yeah. And, and then, the shoes. And the shoes. And then the socks. My kids disrobe 
<laughs> and we always have a, bl- a towel out there. And then they have to run in and shower. It's oh, bad. That's a good idea. Yeah. But, I mean, and sometimes you get used to your house and your home and the smell and you're like, okay, I didn't didn't even know. You need someone to come over and yeah. tell you it stinks. Yeah. yeah but you sure. need an honest friend that's like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, holy that's cow. Totally. It smells like a locker room in here. <laughs> um, so let's say we have guests coming over. Okay. We got the house smelling better. I've had the kids put their dirty clothes away. We're trying to create what? What is our goal when we're having people over? So are we like having a party? Is let's that say, let's say we're having, yeah, well, or just just visitors coming to stay with visitors. us. Oh, okay. So if we're having guests come into our yeah. home. I, just an atmosphere where they're at home and feel safe and comfortable and can have fun and, and be relax. relaxed. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. What if, um, and, and then so, so when they show up, do we give them anything? Do we, what's the proper way? Is there a proper way? Do we, are we supposed to give them a welcome package? Here you go. Do you <laughs> so have all of your toiletries? Do you? No, but I mean, we laugh about it, but I think that actually is something that's really important when you have guests coming to stay with them. It's just to provide them the basic amenities that they need to stay with yeah. you. So clean towels and shampoo, conditioner, razor, all those little things that you can buy at like yeah. the dollar store or wherever. Private bathroom if you can. If, if that's possible, yeah, that would be great. If not... If not, you do the best. You you know, and I think it's important, you know, whatever circumstance you're in, even if you have a little, you know, two-bedroom apartment, that doesn't mean people can't come stay with right. you. You blow up an air mattress. You got an air mattress. Just have that feeling of love and hospitality. And I love the idea of doing like a personal gift basket that you tailor to your visitor. Do you really? That's cool. So if your mom, say, loves chocolates, maybe you get her something regional that says Utah, like a mono chocolate yeah. and leave them for her. Or you can even, this is really, if you want to take it to the next level, if you could find a cheap mini fridge, maybe on the classifieds or just, yeah. you know, Black Friday sale, you could do their own little mini fridge with some water and juices for oh, them to cool. have. Yeah. Well, it, it seems like you got to be careful or they'll be around for a well, long right. time. Well, right. Yeah. You don't want to make them too comfortable. Yeah, so you don't want it to be like. <laughs> so maybe you put a hamster the in their room too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you have a little one of, your, one of your mice run through. That's what my parents do. It's weird. That's, it's, but, you know, it keeps them going. It keeps them coming <laughs> and going. Um, but I kind of like that idea too. It's, I guess, I mean, there's some people that are just seemingly, they're so good at this. They're so natural. And and yet, like, I travel a lot and get to stay with people. And I don't, It sometimes it's weird. You yeah. know what I mean? So I guess part of the key is know what you would want and adapt, right? I mean, figure out what other people want. Yeah. Figure out what makes you feel good and then try stuff. And I think it's fine to ask them, hey, what do you need? What would you prefer? What um, would make you the most comfortable? Yeah. Because sometimes it too depends on your relationship with the person. I mean, if it's your you know, child or your parents coming to stay with you, it's a little different than your cousin's best friend's sister. Yeah. So, Well, and that's, I guess, one of the benefits of, hol- of the holiday is a lot of these people are going to know you. <laughs> I mean, this isn't like, <laughs> in theory, yes, who's hopefully. that guy? Yes. So hopefully that's not as, as big of a deal. Um, anything else that we kind of need to know just as we're preparing for people that will be coming to visit, to hang out, to be with us? Okay. The, for me, the most important thing, so if I'm going to visit my parents, I don't care if I sleep in the room with the guinea pig. I don't care if I sleep under the stairs. I don't care if I have, you know, my own special toothbrush. What I care about really is just having some time to spend with my parents. And yeah. the holidays are so busy. So if you as host can kind of be aware of that and clear your schedule, yeah. I mean, the best hospitality gift anyone I'm staying with could give to me is just their time. Their time. And yeah. some, yeah, especially... And, and and like you said earlier, just the ability to create a connection again and feel loved and close. 
Yeah. And like you talk about just to be present and be there and yeah. have that time together. Like that's so much more important than having the right sheets on the bed. Or It's um, it's so true. <laughs> but, you know, let, let's not discount sheets. Sure. I mean, no. You yes. want sheets. Good th- thread count for sure. Yeah. High thread count. <laughs> <laughs> that's so petty. Um, uh, I went and stayed with family in Hawaii. Nice. Yeah. It was I want to have your family. It was, it was fantastic. Lucky. And uh, we found a gecko. Awesome. Now, they're cute. Kind of like a pet. Kind of. Was it selling insurance? No, it was. That was a weird one. That <laughs> wasn't even selling insurance, and he wasn't even that cute. Couldn't and he didn't drive your a time car. Fifteen minutes or less. No, <laughs> no. But ironically, um, it freaked us out. Like, sure. Because yeah. in, in our house, when something is running around like that, it's mm-hmm. usually either going to get stuck in a sticky trap, and we're going to throw it away. <laughs> but uh, so, we, what'd you do? My wife just screamed, and then Perfect. the I think she was five year old little girl ran in and found the gecko. And grabbed it and took it out. Yeah. Well, where I grew up in Arizona, there were lots of, you know, there'd be like tarantulas or lizards or, you know, just a lot of desert creatures. So, yeah. Scorpions. Yeah. But that might really phase your guests. So you've got to know how to handle that. Yeah. And, you know, send the five year old in. That's right. When in doubt, (laughs) call the five year old out. Sure. Okay. Elisa Andrus is joining us. Uh, She's teaching us, walking us through, you know, holiday traditions. Holiday visits. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. This is the Matt Townsend Show. It's Thanksgiving Eve, so we are giving you some tips and tricks to stay on top of your holiday game this year and dodge some of the difficulties that come with the season. We just listened to part of an interview with Alisa Andrus about holiday hosting. Most of us will probably have the opportunity, or challenge, if you will, to host a party in our lives. And some might be naturally better than others, but there are things that you can try to do to improve your hosting skills. And Elisa gave us a few examples of those, like incorporating smells, having cookies baking or something cooking, or even a candle burning. But I really like how she started and ended the segment. She began by saying that the best way to make a guest feel welcome is to make sure that your home is filled with love. That atmosphere creates a feeling of safety and security and enjoyment while people are visiting you. And I love the main message of her piece. You know, she gave a lot of little things we can do, like making sure there are new sheets on the bed or shampoo in the shower or that your home is tidied or whatever. But the best gift you can give guests is your time. They are most likely there to be with you and spend time and catch up and make memories. So probably the worst thing you can do is get tied up in all the details like running to the store to refill the milk and sprucing up the house every 10 seconds. After you prepare, make sure to step back and take a break and enjoy the moment with the ones you love. But sometimes that's easier said than done. Maybe you'll be hosting your sister's new boyfriend you've never met, or a strange uncle you never find common ground with, or your grandparents who can never seem to hear you. And you're just sweating as the minutes tick by until you have to face the dreaded small talk. Well, what if it doesn't have to be such a dreaded part of the holidays? And what if talk doesn't have to be small? So moving on with this episode, I'm going to play back an interview for you right now with Dr. Marvin Brown, 
all about how to master small talk and carry a conversation with anyone. Now, would you consider yourself the king of small talk? <laughs> well, there are a lot of kings. I wouldn't <laughs> say I, I am the king, but let's say I certainly feel like I may be one of them. Why does it bug people? I mean, small talk is this universal reality of social activity, interaction, right? It's universal. Absolutely. So why are so many people frustrated by it? Matt, if I could take like a minute to answer that question, because it's really the answer is the basis for a lot of problems that people have in, in when they meet people who they don't know for the first time, and then they're nervous about having a continuing conversation, which is what we refer to as small talk, right? And what happens basically, and I think it, it would just pay not to give a quick answer on this, uh, because the answer is really the basis of why people are nervous even just trying to meet someone they don't know for the first time, a stranger, even before they get to the small talk. Yeah, the, you're saying the nerves are, are kind of, that, that's probably the bigger problem than even the talk. Yes, yes. Okay. And that's the first step, and then they're worried about the second step. Yeah. But basically what it is, and I always think about it in this way, what goes around comes around. Nobody, for example, taught our parents how to go over to someone who they don't know and begin a conversation. Hmm. And they never spend time teaching their kids, let's say, which is us, our parents, on how to make small talk. Well... If our parents didn't learn, how are they going to teach us? Right. And then what goes around comes around, and it keeps on going. And we keep suffering because nobody knows how to start the – because they're, they're really ha- – I mean, like think of like an airplane. The takeoff's a pretty big deal, right? You know, that's a great analogy. It really is a big deal, and you have to know how to do it in order to do it. You just can't – you could see it all your life. Planes taking off, but if you don't know how, to, no one teaches you. You don't yeah. know how to do it. Well, because there's that awkward moment, right, where you're supposed to know somebody, or your friend left their other friend with you, and they leave the room, and now it's just you and the other friend. Yes. And it's uh, so hi. How's what's your name? I mean, okay. So help us. What's the difference then between just small talk and maybe? you know, just not chit-chatting somebody up, like not caring, just trying to get through this. Is there a difference? Actually, there is absolutely no difference. And it's just something that we have in our head about the word small talk. Yeah. And literally, if people were to understand that they – The small talk is what they do every single day of their life with their friends and and their relatives and people at work. And it doesn't have to be any different with people who you're meeting for the first time at all. Right. You just go with the flow. You pick up. Uh, It it could be a sporting event. Did Did you see the Super Bowl? It could be the Academy Awards on TV. It could be almost anything. It's just really you're saying small talk is talk. It's not it's not small. It's just it's just conversation. It's everyday talk and it's just the word that scares people. But really we're if you every single person who's listening to us and they have friends and relatives, they do it every single day 
and they shouldn't kind of clam up because it's someone they don't know. And one of the great things to really understand and for people to understand so they can relax uh, and open up when they do meet someone at a party, and just the way you described it, it happens often, where uh, you find yourself just standing next to someone. Uh, And and if people were to understand that about 95% of the population in this country are fall into that category where they're afraid of going over either to meet someone they don't know and begin the conversation or then having one. And if you relax and just treat that person as if you've known them, they're another human being. Sure. Right? Yeah, they're not an alien. They're not from another planet. <laughs> right. They're and they're not the president. Being. I mean, I can and, get... And, and actually what happens is you're doing that person one of the biggest favors that they had all week or all year because you're relaxing and talking to them and then they're going to find they're talking back to you yeah. and the conversation is going on. And you're right. It, by the way, also, you know, it's interesting when you say aliens, we, of course, all think of ourselves as human beings. And, you know, yet scientifically on Earth, we're a species. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, and we are referred to as social animals, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, so we should know this. We shouldn't be as afraid is kind of is what I hear you saying. There's something about – there's this inherent fear, I guess, of meeting a new stranger. It seems like it even gets worse. If you, got, if you had the opportunity to go and meet the Pope, the fear of small-talking the Pope would be horrendous. But the reality is you don't need to small-talk the Pope. No, you know what's interesting, by the way, and that's a fabulous uh, thing that you brought up, because very few of us will ever get an opportunity in our lifetime, let's say, to meet a pope or the pope. Yeah, or a president, yeah. But on the other hand, we will come across authority figures in our life, often people who somehow socially seem to be above us. And the interesting thing is that the person who is above you is more responsible for that interaction sure. even than you are. Right. And and it's up to them. If you meet the president, he let him lead. Be more interested <laughs> in making a first impression on you. Right. Than you are necessarily making an impression on him. Yeah. And and even if you're stand waiting in line to meet a famous movie star or the pope when you pass by they're working very hard to be presentable. Yeah. And you don't even have to worry what to say. Let them lead the way. That's the Does deal. That make sense? Yeah, totally. We make a big deal out of it, don't we? Uh, yes. And by the way, see here again, if I could take a minute uh, and explain it. And I think if, if, if I have the minute, people will understand. You bet. It will help them even in the future to be less nervous. Look, we as human beings spend hundreds of hours literally teaching children how to speak. You could see it practically when a baby is born and the mother hasn't even left, uh, you know, the bed yet, the hospital, and the next day she's looking down at the baby and saying, oh, sweetheart, you are so beautiful. Yeah. And I'm your mother. Say mommy. And, of course, most of us don't realize that all the kid is hearing is, pop, pop. (laughs) <laughs> because they don't understand the language. Right. 
and we teach them manners. After a while, they ask for a spoon or an extra cookie at the dinner table, and we say, here, but from now on, when you ask me for something or anybody else and they give it to you, say thank you. Hmm. See, but then finally, and rightfully so, by the way, Matt, unfortunately, when a kid gets old enough to leave the house for the first time, to go to a friend's house, maybe just two blocks away in their neighborhood, or to the school bus, a mother will say, and again, unfortunately, rightfully so, and sweetheart, it's your first time out alone, and if you're walking and a stranger comes up to you and starts talking, (laughs) you keep walking, honey. Scream and run away. Right, <laughs> and we get right. You we we create this fear in them, don't we? It's called stranger danger mentality. Yeah, and we grow up with it. And yet, as adults, there's no reason to uh, to fear meeting a stranger. No, at a, at a cocktail party, an engagement party, a wedding. Do you do you think it has? Is it different for an introvert versus an extrovert? It seems like somebody that's kind of shy or introverted might even have a higher, bigger fear of small talk than the extrovert that doesn't care. Whatever. We're just going to say what I'm thinking. Yeah. By the way, uh, it's the extroverts uh, do bump into more people. They do it at a much earlier age. Um, but it really doesn't matter that much for people who are tagging themselves introverted because mm-hmm. really the difference between introvert and extrovert has to do more with inner energy introverts like to spend a lot of time alone right projects and hobbies it doesn't necessarily that they are shy see again what happens is people don't know what to do they don't know what to say and they tag themselves as saying Oh, I'm introverted. I'm shy. Yeah, I'm not good at this. Matt, the minute they learn how, when someone would ever teach them how to begin a conversation and what school talk is all about, it's amazing how fast those feelings of shyness and introversion fade away. Not fade away. They pop away. Right. Well, it's it's just talk. You can handle it. It's just talk. It's just talk. And with another human being who's just as interested in making a great first impression on you as you are making an impression on them. And that's why we call a conversation a two-way street. Mm-hmm. The, if traffic flows both ways. You, and, you're, and by the way, when you meet someone, don't put the burden all on yourself. Right. It's 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. You're with another human being. They have at least a 50% obligation to make a conversation just as you. I love that. That's a great rule. It's and not just up way, to you. We're, sometimes let's... when people are standing with three or four other people, right. people are saying, oh, i got to say something here. No. Your obligation, if you're with three other people and you're four... It drops to 25%. Yeah, you don't have to carry the load. Right. Just sit back. Okay, Marvin, I want to take a break. We're talking with Marvin Brown, How to Meet and Talk to Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime. That's his book. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio.
Thanks for sticking with us. I'm Leanna Tan. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We are learning about small talk right now. It's a reality we all might have to face these next few days as we gather around the table for turkey and pumpkin pie. But we're listening to an interview with Marvin Brown, and he just said in the last segment that small talk doesn't have to be a dreaded thing. There really is no difference between the small talk conversations you have with your distant relatives versus the conversations you have with your buddies every single day. It's about your attitude towards it. People have labeled these micro conversations that we have as small talk, but there's really nothing small about them. You are just learning about another person and conversing with them. And if you take out the mentality that, man, this is so awkward, then you can more easily break that ice. But how exactly do we break the ice? In the next segment, Dr. Brown is going to give us some conversation starters and tell us how we can ease into a conversation. Give us some give us some starters, some conversation starters. What what would you say is, you know, the key? You know, in your book it says there are three ways to start a conversation. What are those? What are we supposed to do? Well, the one thing I would like to mention to our audience because unfortunately, and I'm sorry I'm negative, but I'm trying to help people. <laughs> is that there are, there are a lot of uh, uh, articles you'll read from time to time where you should think of things that you want to talk about before you go to a party, and so you could bring up certain topics. Yeah. And, you know, I could sit down, and you and I could sit down, and a lot of people could sit down, and we could figure out, let's say, 25 uh, different places where people meet people at parties. Yeah. Uh, religious services, networking events, on planes, vacations, you know, museums all over. And we can give, we can write down five brilliant <laughs> opening lines. Right. Well, who's going to sit and try to memorize 125 or 50 different lines to use where they, where they go? Yeah, exactly. If you have a formula, then you can create... 10,000 opening lines and but, never worry about But in the moment, right? I mean, if I have a line that I've been working up for two weeks, and uh, then all of a sudden I show up to this funeral or what have you, the party, and I try to throw a line in that's two weeks old, it may not come off as real. But you're saying if I have a formula, I can make it up as I go. As you go. And the words that you use are the brilliant words that I would offer everyone to remember. In the moment. Yeah. Live in the moment. And another way to think about it, it's a situational opener. It's the environment that you're in. And if you think about what's going on in the moment that you're in with people or the the environment, that creates all of the opening lines. I love that. And let's say, like, you had used an example, uh, or let's say you go to an engagement party. Well, you know everybody on your side of the family and some of the friends of everybody. And there are, let's say, 30 or 40 people on the other side of the family, people you never met before. Right. And you happen to find yourself in horror (laughs) standing next to someone (laughs) at the hors d'oeuvre table who you don't know. Right. And you say, oh, what do I say? Well, there are two environments that you're in. And it's a situational opener. One of the great things of always being at the hors d'oeuvre table is that, is that you could always talk what you're all looking at. Because I know when I go, there's always some dish that looks fascinating. Right. Things are floating around, but I never know what's in it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I will 
always say to the person next to me, I say, gee, that's such a great-looking dish, dish, but I don't know what's in it. Do you know? And almost everybody I ever met, meet will say, gee, I don't either. Yeah. But the situation opener is just to say, oh, by the way, I'm Matt's uncle. Uh, that's how I got here. Oh, how interesting. You? Yeah. Kind of your, the, the obvious says, question oh, of who are you? I'm, yeah, I'm so-and-so's next-door neighbor. That's and great. Bang. Is that, a, is that a difficult way to start a No, that is so easy. Yeah, right. It's the environment that you're in. The book says there are ten magic words. Use the environment you're in and find an environmental prop. If you and I, let's say, uh, and I go and I'm taking my kids to a zoo, and let's say uh, we're visiting San Diego or the Bronx Zoo or someplace where they have zoos, and then there's a couple, uh, a younger couple, and for some reason they're there, and we're all in front of the Bengal tiger exhibit, <laughs> and you're in between because you decided to go by yourself. Yeah. Hey, I don't care if you're talking to young kids or an older person with kids or, or, or two grandparents, and you just turn and you say, oh, aren't those animals beautiful? Because yeah. they usually are Bengal tigers. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's going to talk to you, and they're all in. So I guess you don't want to, you don't want to say a controversial statement like, "Man, I'd love to wear that coat." <laughs> you you no, want to keep I, it. You you want to just because the reality is they all relate to that, and it breaks that ice. And then you then you just kind of wait for the next cue. Uh, yes. By the way, I I'm so happy you brought that up. As you could tell, of course, from my accent, I live I live in New York. You do. <laughs> and I live in Manhattan. Right. Now, the city of New York with the five boroughs, we have about, you know, Manhattan alone has over a million people. But we all live in apartment buildings and office buildings. Yeah. And so many times during the summer months, it could be 85 degrees out, 90 degrees. And I'll get into an elevator, and it'll happen a few times a day, where I'll get into an elevator, and there's one person standing next to me. And I always laugh to myself because I'm going to break the ice by talking about how hot the weather is. Yeah. And I'll say, boy, it sure is hot today. And every single person I've ever met turns to me, becomes relaxed because I broke the ice and I took them out of their shell, and we start talking. And so, yeah. And you're in. The ice. I love that. And, and it, it, a lot of us, I guess, would think, oh, that's just, I mean, so shallow. I'm talking about the weather. But the reality is it doesn't have to end there, does it? That's just the icebreaker. That's the icebreaker. And everybody in this country knows the icebreaker. And most, you see, most of the time, it will seem shallow. And, and, but, it, you, you know, you don't want to start with some intellectual yeah. <laughs> statement that scares people. Look, right. Uh, people sometimes, let's say, go to, uh, to the Caribbean, you know, on a vacation. And around the pools, those chaise lounges are so close together, you can practically can't even get in between them. And people will be there. You'll be sitting on right. the chaise lounge, and then <laughs> some, a couple comes next to you. I've seen people sit there for two hours and never talk to anybody, yep. each other. And all you've got to say is, boy, this place is really beautiful. I love it, and it's my first time here. How about you? Love that. That's I just mean, a, that's a statement. You're just making a statement about the environment you're in. Right, and it gets people talking. Love it.
and again relieved that you broke the ice. Right. Talking about the hot weather in the Caribbean. That's right. It's so awkward if you don't. We're talking with Marvin Brown, author of How to Meet and Talk to Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime. We're going to take a break with Marvin Brown. We're coming back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. We're back with the rest of today's Matt Townsend episode. In honor of the third day of this Thanksgiving extravaganza, we are going to talk about a big, or some might say small, part of the holidays. Small talk. Starting conversations with those people we just don't really know what to say to. I mean, I love talking, but I know that I face this dilemma a lot. There might be that one person that just has a higher status than me or a different culture or a different demeanor or just one of those people that's just hard to crack. And you don't know a lot about their life or about them at all. So what in the world are you supposed to say to them? Well, in the last segment, Dr. Brown advised us to think about the moments we are in. Your situation and your surrounding can create an opening line. Talk about something anyone can relate to if you don't know anything about the person. Make a statement about the environment, like the taste of the food or maybe the decorations. But I think that what makes the difference between the superficial conversations and ones that really get rolling are follow-up questions. I have been stuck in that situation many a time where you state the obvious and then suddenly this awkward silence follows. So I think follow-up questions are key. And one thing I've learned from many an awkward conversation is that even if you don't know anything about the person's present or future, you have no idea what their goals are, what would be offensive to them, what would get them talking, it's usually safe to ask them questions about their past. Everyone knows their own past, and you know your own past, and once you ask a few questions, you're bound to find something in common, some way that your lives have crossroads. So let's finish off this interview with some of Dr. Brown's closing thoughts about why these micro-conversations are so important and what they mean to our relationships. Marvin, welcome back to the show, my friend. It's a pleasure. Oh, by the way, Matt, during the break, a thought popped into my head when we were talking about how to start conversations with people we don't know, and I was wondering if I could share it with your audience. Let's hear it, yep. What did you think? Well, it popped into my head that, you know, we have had, of course, this didn't exist just a few years ago, dating sites on the Internet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And all of that. Well, you know, it's, I tell you, when I read this figure, I took a deep breath. I gasped because a couple of years ago, they didn't even exist. (laughs) I know. You know that it's a billion dollar industry today? Oh, boy. A billion dollar. That, by the way, is a lot of small talk. (laughs) But on the Internet, where people uh, can still be be anonymous and they don't have to be facing someone, it's fascinating that in that way they can do it. But you know what it has unearthed 
is because now there are a lot of sites even for the baby boomers. It started out for younger people. Now we have uh, uh, internet matching sites for people actually over, you know, practically 60 and above. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Earth the millions and millions of people who really do want to meet someone for a relationship but they're petrified to do it in person. I have so many clients that they don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. I will give them a hint. Okay. When we had before, and I said, you know, just a formula, use the environment around you, yep. find an environmental prop, a situational opener, and uh, just mention something about what's going on uh, in the environment around you. And when you do, of course, it's a bonding technique because then you bond with the person next to you. If yeah. it's really bitter out cold, outside and cold and, and you're waiting for a bus or a train or you're outside and you say, gee, it's cold. And the people say, yeah, you're right. Never, and they begin to talk. Well, let me just say this to the men and women. I'm going to start with the women. Most women will never ever go up to a man and try to meet them, especially if she's interested in him from that point of view. And women in our country don't want to do anything that's promiscuous. Right. Yet, on the other hand, the Sir Walter Raleigh and the knight in shining armor exists in practically every man still in this country. And I don't care if the woman, the female, is 10 years younger than you and is just beginning a conversation, if she's 10 years older than you, and in other words, where it's obviously, you know, not yeah. a dating kind of a situation. Right. But if a woman were to be at a party or in a nightclub or anywhere and say, gee, it's a club, boy, the, the place is really crowded tonight, or the music's great, or this party is wonderful. They could say the corniest line in it the world. It doesn't matter, does it? And every single man is going to stop in his tracks, right? Yeah. And be Perk there up. Walter Raleigh, and he will stop no matter where he is in an airport. This woman says, boy, we're waiting a long time. He's going to talk about Interesting. Immediately. Again, breaks that ice. Breaks that ice. And the interesting thing, that is, I want to share with the ladies that in our country today, I think 99% of the time, unless, you know, there's something wrong with the man, uh, when, when, when a couple goes somewhere and they drive, yeah. I'm a, I've, I practically never see a woman driving. It's always the man. And yet, when a woman was to, were to do this, when, in maybe seeing a man, a gentleman somewhere that she'd like to meet, and she begins this conversation, guess what? She's in the driving. She's driving. Yeah. Because she could say, well, you know, I'm not that interested. And say, gee, it was nice talking to you. I'm glad we had a chance to meet and disappear and it's over. It's just, that's what's interesting, isn't it? Because it's just a conversation and you can't progress a relationship without a conversation. So, and and, and everyone you talk to, you don't have to be interested in. Some of that's this right. is just. It's the moment. It's passing the time of day with a human being. Yeah. But you should know your neighbors in your apartment building. You yeah. you probably should want to try to meet your neighbors, right? I mean, if not, you're going to be in a world of hurt when there's when the power's out and there's real problems going on. Uh, yes, it and and it's amazing how many times in apartment buildings people could live in the building for ten years 
and never say anything to other neighbors, and yet when you approach them, they are so relieved to have yeah. a, a neighbor that they know. Yeah. And, and it is very good. And by the way, just to make it quick, I just want to say to the gentleman that the reverse of what I said was also true. If you're at a place and, and men are attracted to women visually, we can't help ourselves. We come hardwired on this earth. Men are actually attracted to women visually. Matt, somehow they must intuitively know, because I think we know that women do spend a little bit more time preparing <laughs> to enter the world than men in the way they look. And so few men go over to women that any man who sees a lady that he wants to meet and also just breaks the ice. Yeah. See, if the chemistry is there, boy... She's going to now have her 50% of the obligation. Yeah, now it's game on. <laughs> it's really, um, when, when you talk about it, it seems like, A, we're afraid of stuff we don't need to be afraid of. One of the easiest segues, it sounds like, to breaking the ice is a simple question or a statement about what's present in their environment. Um, there, there is the creepy factor, right, the kind of, that, that is there, like, um, what, what you say you got to be careful, right? I mean, especially like in the dating world, because you could you could trigger a person's fear. They're already a little afraid to maybe be at the dance or be at the, you know, the the party, and they might be a little nervous anyway. And then you come up and say something like, "Hey, you single?" <laughs> I mean, it's kind of creepy. Um, but so so, how do you make sure you don't uh, push your luck? You know, how do you make sure you don't go too far or is that is some of that just you just have to be learning as you're going well let's break that down into two different segments we start we i started and you you're following up in the single world Mm -hmm. uh the reality is again ladies if a man comes over to you and we can't help it we are you could speak to neuroscientists men actually come hardwired mentally the brain to be attracted to females. Yeah. And women, by the way, guys, just so you know, they take a few more seconds. Women are attracted to men emotionally. And even though they never tell us, most women still would like to meet the man of their dreams and be swept off their feet yeah. by a man. See, that's why the abs don't matter. Uh, right. It doesn't matter that you're doing sit-ups. Come on, work on your emotional skills. That's what it is. And if you go over to a lady that you see and you break the ice with one of the corniest lines in the world, (laughs) the fact that you're actually doing this shows the lady, the woman, that you are a man, that you have confidence. And confidence is more important to a woman than those abs. That's great. Because that's what men are about. Not being macho. See, what you would say, and I agree with you, don't be macho. See? You don't have to be. Just be, be real. Be a man. Yeah. Be civil. Yeah. And again, we all know somewhere when we entered even public school, certainly high school, where we all experienced that magical moment that we couldn't even explain to ourselves. And if many times when you'll see inv- women to men and men to women, where somehow you have an attraction, it's amazing how, how life works on this earth. Within that person may be attracted to you. Hmm. 
and 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 then they're just as eager as you to keep it moving along, and and maybe more so because they don't want to let you go. Right. And no matter what side you're on. Yeah. Does Do you, that make sense? Totally. Totally. Do you do you believe in all of this um, rapport building? You know, back in the 70s, 80s, I think it was, there was a lot of books out on rapport building. So it was kind of like, you know, if they're leaning in, you lean in. If they're have their if they have an open stance, you have an open stance and kind of the mirroring and 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 parroting what people say. I mean, do you think you can get too techniquey that you're you're so into the technique you're not into the actual just relating. You're not. You're too worried about what you're going to say that you act, you don't connect. Yeah, I I totally one hundred percent agree with you in terms of the mirroring of of the imaging and and concentrating on that. And I would really recommend two things: go with the flow, relax, be who you are. Because if things going to move along, then you know why be somebody you're yeah, not. Right. If, if yeah, if, if it ends up working, you're going to have to be someone you're not. Yeah, why well, be someone you're not for the rest of your life? And the one thing that I would say, and it's not mirroring, but I have an expression, and I try to do this. Uh, and and by the way, when I say I try to do it, I don't even think about it anymore. Once people do this for about five or six times, they'll just do it automatically. And my suggestion in, is, in terms of all that, you know, re- mirroring rapport. No, don't copy, but I think of it as having a heart-to-heart conversation with a person and physically. In other words, what I try and do is just make sure that my heart is facing their heart. Hmm. And it could be, you could stand two feet away, three feet away, right. but if you, that means you're just squaring off. Yeah. And when you're squaring off with a person and you're kind of shoulder-to-shoulder facing each other, you have your own world that you're in. Yeah. By the way, it could be two men talking business. It could sure. be have nothing to do with being amorous. But you probably trust people that will square up to you, right? Right. And you just face them, and you're there in the presence. You're not looking around the room. You're making casual eye contact. And it's just you and that one other or two other people. Yeah. And they feel it. They feel that they're in an environment with another person. And it feels great. I like that. It's also you can tell when they're done because they're kind of turning away from you. Once they're turned away and are, are moving away, you can you can get. In fact, let's talk about that. How how do you gracefully end a conversation? I, I can't tell you how many times I felt trapped with somebody and didn't know how to just say, "Look, whip, whip." Okay, gotta be. Yep. Okay. Well, how do you get out? How do you gracefully end it? You're doing your audience such a great service because the three biggest fears that I could tell you that people have, and, you know, if I'm supposed to be an expert in, in, you know, face-to-face communication skills, it's beginning that conversation, and we covered it, you know, very intensely, Mm -hmm. continuing the conversation with that small talk, which, again, people do this every day of their life with every all their friends, just to be as natural with people you meet for the first time. You can talk about movies that you saw and famous TV shows and headlines that are appearing yeah. in the paper or storms that are going on. But in terms of ending, I again, we do this every single day with people we know. You might be, meet me and, and you say, and I'm talking with you, and, and Matt, you might say, hey, Marvin, hey, I, I got to run. I'm going to be late for work. Mm. 
I don't think twice about it. No, you just throw it out there. Right. I say, hey, Matt, uh, gee, it was great. We should, you know, I'm good. I haven't seen you in a month, but look, I got to catch a, a train or, or anything. Yeah. And, peop- and you, fine. So the whole idea, a lot of people will even say, when, you know, in workshops that I do where they say, oh, I don't like to meet people at parties because I, I don't even know how to get out of the conversation. <laughs> And just be a human being. And at some particular point, your voice trails off. You, like you said, you kind of twist your body and say, hey, it was really nice meeting you. I'm glad we had a chance to have this talk. And there's somebody across the room I promised I'd say hello to, and i got to go see him. That's good. And you know something? That person, <laughs> they, you would, they wouldn't remember this now if you put a gun to their head well and the person that doesn't get that they've got their own little social idiosyncrasy so it's not like you're offending them oh right i mean if they're not getting that you're giving them this the 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 ultimate 10 signs to leave so that it's time to go then you're not going to offend them just walk away even if they follow you i've had people when i do a speech like that'll follow me to the car literally i'll be getting in my car i'll be (laughs) driving away and they'll be still walking and talking yeah, you're not offending. You just, you just. Yeah, it's time to go and just be polite. Yeah. And by the way, uh, one of the one certainly man to man, you just put your hand out. Yeah. And say, hey, shake their it hand. Was nice meeting you. They see your hand. They know it's the end of the conversation. If they're if they're a human being, they're going to offer you their hand, and they know how to end the conversation right. too. Well, Marvin, we got to go. See, I just did it right there. Darn, you you did such a great job. You took us right to the end. Apparently, small talk is a big deal. Like Matt said, you can't progress in a relationship without conversing. So I guess we better start learning now. And I like that he pointed out that you don't have to be in love with someone to make a conversation with them. Just because you're talking with someone doesn't mean you're telling them you want to marry them or you want to be their best friend. But on the other hand, though, you can't catch someone's eye or be someone's best friend without knowing how to start and carry a conversation with them. I think it's important to remember the message Marvin and Matt left with us, that we can talk about technique all day, what to say, how to start conversations, where to look, how to react. But in the end, it's not about the technique. If you focus too much on the technique, you'll miss the messages behind what your partner is saying. And that's really the whole point of conversation to listen and to understand one another. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. I'm Liana Tan, bringing you the best tidbits to help you live healthier, happier lives. Join me again next time for another episode of Matt Townsend.